Welcome back to the Brushback Baseball Podcast. This is episode number five, and um, yeah, ready to go. There's uh, quite a bit that's gone on since... Why don't you cover... Aren't we missing... Yeah, we're we're missing something. I know on the last podcast I said... uh, I said uh, we were going to have another guest, my friend Chase Brewer, who is a MLB agent right now, but he was called, you know, this is a a pretty hot time time of the year right now for baseball. So spring training is actually uh, pitchers and catchers reported yesterday and today for a lot of the teams. So he got called to spring training. So he's obviously not here, but he will be on um, in the very near, near future. I know that he really wants to come on. So apologize for that but it's just gonna be you guys are just gonna have to deal with david and i today sorry that's a tragedy but there's quite a bit to talk about yeah i was gonna say there was gonna be one week where there where we could skip a guest it just happened to work out that it was this week i mean between uh, let's just get started let's get into it so the first thing to cover and you know i know we talked about you know our rules of podcasts the first rule of podcast is you don't talk about the Astros anymore. Second rule of podcast. We've waited two weeks. It's totally okay now. But if there's one subject that Angels fans could get pissed about, if there's one subject that Yankee fans can get pissed about, if there's one subject that Dodger fans can get pissed about, it's the Astros. And man, the last week has just been awesome from a news standpoint. First, you have A.J. Hinch on Friday with Tim Kirkjian in an interview. Did you watch that interview? I did. Um, I watched most of it. Yeah, I, I, I watched most of it. I missed the last couple minutes, but yeah, I, I watched most of it. And what did you think about it? I thought it was very similar to what Bregman, how he, um, how, how he referred to, well, Major League Baseball did their investigation. So it was just kind of eyewash for me, to be honest. Yeah, it was, um, you know, I think the thing that most people kicked – uh, keyed in on is uh, where AJ Hinch was asked whether there was a buzzer that Altuve was wearing, and uh, here's a little hint he was uh, in 2019. And AJ Hinch's answer was the commissioner did a thorough investigation. That investigation revealed that there was no cheating. Uh, you know, any normal human being, when you're asked that type of question and you want forgiveness in that type of interview, would say either no. Or they would say, look, honestly, I didn't see anything. You know, I I wasn't, you know, looking over Altuve's body when he was putting his uniform on. But I can say that I honestly didn't see anything. And that would have been an honest answer. Well, yeah, exactly. But, you know, he, I I think, knows, obviously. So I, I heard an interesting point in that. He wants to come back. He's obviously wanting to come back into baseball at some point. So if right. he's on record for lying about this as well, I think he's doing the safe play, the political answer, and then at least hopefully keeping himself in contention for a future job. Yeah, but it doesn't look any better no. because because everybody knows what the real answer is. And you look at Gary Sanchez this morning uh, tweeted that, look, if I'd hit the winning home run, and uh, I was coming around the bases. I wouldn't care if they ripped my pants off. It's a great you know? point. <laughs> but Altuve's there holding his shirt, running into the dugout, and magically comes out with a different shirt because he's modest, which he's not. Let me ask you this. So obviously they said that they've done, you know, Major League Baseball has done their inve- investigation for the, the buzzers in 2019. They found nothing, blah, blah, blah. 
you know, if, if there's enough kind of, I, I guess, um, people screaming about it, can they reopen this investigation for 2019? Well, or what, that's kind of a bad look for Major League Baseball if they came out and said, hey, we found nothing, but then they reopen it and then something surfaces. Well, having this investigation drip out this way is a bad look, no matter what happens. And, you know, later today, the Astros are going to be um, the Astros are going to be uh, meeting with owner Jim Crane to talk about what they're going to talk about. I'm really interested to see what the response is to that. But. Can MLB open up an investigation? It just depends when uh, Beltron's niece, also known as Beltron's burner account, uh, decides to drop some more images, uh, you know, because Beltron, on top of the A.J. Hinch interview, was made to look like the fall guy. And I don't think Beltron's too happy about that. Well, no. And also what has come out, <clears throat> I think it was either yesterday or the day before, I saw some tweets or some interview that... Um, Carlos Beltran was basically the kingpin of this whole scheme and sign stealing. And he was basically the guy, um, it, it was centered around. And there was um, reports that Brian McCann had approached Beltran at one point and said, hey, the, you know, like, can, can we stop this? And he, I guess he just kind of steamrolled him and obviously kept going with it. So um, I don't know if you, if you saw that. I did see it. I don't believe it. Um, I, you know, I think that's just people covering their butts. Um, you know, it, it also, what came out too was, uh, you saw that in 20, there was a report that in 2016, the, uh, Astros front office, uh, had an algorithm program that, uh, code called, breaker. Yeah. Code breaker. And, and it was part of the dark arts. This was something that went through the entire organization. This is not something that, that. Uh, Beltron came up with and here's another point McCann and Beltron were part of the same Yankee teams like from 2014 ish through 2016 mm -hmm. I mean is this something that they brought from the Yankees I doubt it I think this was just a, an Astros organization and, and you think those guys those guys having been teammates for several years there would have been a different dynamic I don't think Beltron Beltron I, Beltron's the fall guy um, did he do it? Did he cheat? Yes. But in this case, he's the fall guy. Altuve still has to answer. Um, uh, Bregman still has to answer. Correa, all those guys. So it's, it's not over. I, if they can get some buzzer stuff, I think it gets reopened. And if there is a buzzer, Altuve's gone for his entire... I feel like there's enough to reopen it with... I know that there's no, like, physical hard evidence, but, like, just everything surrounding it shows that, like, you have to be stupid to not know that something was going on with buzzers. I, yeah, Manfred is uh, is behind, you know, behind the ball on this, and that's the problem when you have a crisis like this. He wanted to give a punishment that looked like they were being serious but could make the story go away. Mm -hmm. And here we are four weeks later from when the punishment was doled out. And the story is bigger than it was at the time that the punishment was doled out. So it's just, it's gotta be dealt with and it's not. And we haven't even dealt with players starting to throw at hitters. Yeah. You brought that point up a couple of weeks ago and that should be interesting. 
I mean, I don't remember who it was. Oh, it was Heaney uh, this morning was saying, basically, I'd be watching out if I was an Astros hitter. Well, didn't Clevenger say something, too? Clevenger basically said the same thing, and don't you dare look at me. Oh, and you know Bauer's going to. Oh, basically anybody that is a little bit pissed off and within their right. And again, I'll bring this point up from a few weeks ago. People weren't listening. What happens when Manfred ban or uh, suspends Bauer for 10 games for throwing at somebody's head? The first thing Bauer's going to say is, what, I get a longer suspension than the guys who, who actually cheated? cheated? Exactly. Exactly. It's an integrity thing that is a problem in the game, and it, and it it was dealt with more as a publicity thing to make go away. So. Boy, I do not envy Manfred right now. He is in he is in the hot seat, not only for this scandal, but for several other things. I feel like, yeah, he's getting hit from a couple. We'll cover Bauer's statements about the playoff thing uh, a little bit later, but yeah, he's getting hit from a few different angles. So a tough spot to be in. Yeah. It's like, it's like, uh, you're in a slump and you're, you're constantly finding yourself. Oh, and two. And, and, uh, he's got to find himself a slump buster somehow. Well, we'll see. <laughs> Figuratively um, speaking. <laughs> so I think that, oh, I, I don't, I don't know what else you can say about the Astros. Thankfully there was, a, a drama of a different sort playing out last week with two different teams that otherwise the Astros story would have been bigger. And that was the huge Mookie trade. And I would probably be doing a dance right now, but I don't want to lose any viewers. So I don't want to scare anybody off, but finally, that's yeah. good. He can't dance anyway. So. No, I can't. Not that you've asked me to, <laughs> um, but uh, we were doing our podcast last week, and the the Mookie trade was kind of formulating. Trade. Yeah, number. we mentioned. I know that David was uh, was constantly checking Twitter during the feed just to see if anything was going on with Mookie. Right, and finally later that day, it finally dropped, and the Dodgers uh, agreed to acquire David Price at half price, Mookie Betts, um, and then. The uh, Twins were going to get Kenta Maeda. Boston was getting salary relief and Alex Verdugo and um, and a prospect from the Twins. And then the Angels, out of nowhere, were getting Jock Peterson and Ross Stripling. How did you feel as an Angel fan hearing that trade? Because I'll tell you how I felt as a Dodger fan. I think you and I both were jumping up and down. I was. I, I thought... For the Angels to give up Luis Renjifo and receive Jock Peterson and Ross Stripling, I mean, obviously Stripling was going to touch the the, the serious need for pitching, but Jock Peterson is obviously is a great left-handed bat with a short right field porch in, at Angel Stadium. I thought he was, I mean, I thought that was completely one-sided for the Angels won out on that, um, and then. I'm sure you were just as yeah, ecstatic. Yeah, I, I was the exact opposite side of it. I mean, I meant from the you were probably jumping up and down from the uh, for the getting Mookie and Price. Yeah, I I saw the way that Andrew Friedman was working on that, and I was I was not happy about the stripling trade. But how can you not be jumping up for joy when fine if you count them all as big trades, you're swapping salary. I thought you could get more value, but it worked out. Sorry, guys. We had to cut. David's a little sick right now. so A little bit. Um, so I could see what the Dodgers were doing from their angle if you include everybody 
into into the mix. So if you're jumping for joy with Mookie Betts, it kind of stings. And what the trade did was if they're trading away Kenta Maeda and they lost Rich Hill and Hinjin Ryu and um, losing Stripling, your pitching, which has been a huge depth thing, was taking a hit. So I didn't really get the Angels thing, but it allowed them to even out so that they would be below the luxury tax. When the trade ended up getting reworked and the Dodgers were sending $10 million to the Twins for Kenta Maeda, the luxury tax went out the window. Wasn't it also, too, because it was going to also help, too, because they had 42 guys on the roster and they needed 40? Yeah, and, and um, you know, but I, I don't want to belittle guys number 39 and 40 on the roster you know their their world gets turned upside down a couple of days before spring training but um yeah well, that, that could have been i thought done. it would have been nice too because i think jock peterson's done enough with the dodgers and he's still what a platoon guy basically yeah he he only basically faces he only faces right-handed uh pitchers I I don't know what the stats are, but it's like over five years, it's like 250 or 350 total at-bats combined. Um, against lefties? Against lefties. Yeah, but we, I saw, um, I think MLB Network did something with, um, they looked at his minor league numbers against lefties. He hit he hit better off of lefties than he did for righties. But, now, And I know that's not comparable, but... Uh, because it's still the minor leagues, but right. they kind of, it was more like he didn't really ever get the shot to kind of do it when he got to the big leagues. And he just kind of, they f- threw him into that role that, oh, well, you're only going to hit off of righties. I think for, with what was available. Yeah, and he's going into his free agent year, so it would have been great for him to showcase what he can and can't do against lefties. I still think he ends up getting traded. This year? This year. I think him and Stripling still end up getting traded. I think now that the Dodgers are over, they're over. But they kept most of their prospects. So they have enough prospect capital to uh, trade for a number two pitcher or number one pitcher, let's say Syndergaard or let's say Clevenger, become available. They, They have enough in prospects. And the Dodgers still have like five in the top 100. But... Uh, they have a couple of guys that are going to skyrocket. I, I've watched for a couple of years, like Miguel Vargas. His dad was um, like a Hall of Famer, basically, in Cuba. So he's got those blood, okay. he's got those bloodlines. Yeah. And I think he's like 19 or, or going into his 20 season, and he'll be, he'll be in high A, at least, as a third baseman. Ha- has a career batting average so far of like, 300 with a 400 on base as a 19 year old you know yeah that's really good yeah so that kid's and he he made one of the top 100 lists so he's gonna skyrocket and you got a couple of dodgers draft last year cody hosey and michael bush uh cody hosey's a third baseman bush is a second baseman probably an outfielder their hit tool is is off the chart so they're gonna climb so they got some guys they got some guys they kept their prospects yeah, and that was the important that that was when you're watching the trade, you're like, Wow, you know, with Mookie Betts we didn't have to give up Gavin Lux or Dustin May, but you expected a hit. Now the Dodgers ended up taking a hit. Um I think it's a funny hit that now it's been talked about that that uh Boston fans have to be cheering on a Jeter, but Yeah, that's funny. But 
yeah, they took a little bit of a hit, but it's, you know, the first trade was unbalanced for the Dodgers. Positively. This one's more fair. Um, but we had a five-day delay, and part of that was medicals from Brewster Greaterall. Like, uh, the Red Sox thought, even though everybody knows that he's going to be a reliever, that uh, the Red Sox hoped he could be a starter. I have a fundamental problem with... Well, I have a few fundamental problems with the Red Sox. One is why you dump a generational talent. Like the Angels dumping trout over salary mm -hmm. but then because you face backlash you release a kid's medical records to try and rework the deal medical records are sacred to me in, or I guess I know you brought that up but why is it so sacred well for a couple of reasons one is anybody's medical records it's deeply personal to them and isn't anybody's business not to be talked about number two is i mean like aren't teams gonna get it they're gonna see and know yeah but anyways. out out in the public if if let's say what what popped up i never i, I never really followed up with what was popped up on the medical record that well, he had a shoulder. Them. He had a shoulder injury, and then he had a—I think he had a slight elbow injury last year. And whether that related to a long-term condition, because what mm, happens okay. is when they switch medical records, they all have copies of MRIs. So they send the MRIs to, in that case, the Red Sox, and later to the Dodgers. Then their independent doctors go and review those MRIs, and I believe that. Doctors are more artists than they are scientists. So one person's interpretation of what an MRI on a shoulder looks like could be different than what another mm -hmm. person's shoulder looks like. And here's here's the problem. Brewster Gretel, let's say he goes to be a free agent in five or six years. Um, people are going to remember this trade when the Astros or the Rangers are thinking about how much they're going to pay him a year. It's going to affect his career. With them already knowing the... Yeah, medicals. That makes sense. I get. I get it. So you know, somebody else was trashing his medicals. Mm -hmm. They could have just said we reject it, and then already knowing that that stuff's there. Right. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. I mean, he's filthy. That hundred mile an hour sinker. Hundred and one. I, I mean, oh. Mm -mm. And that's that's, that's why I'm not in the big leagues, right there. Yeah, I couldn't touch that. <laughs> if you watched it, most major leaguers couldn't touch that. Talented major leaguers couldn't touch that. And uh, here's the other thing with the trade is when you're reading Dodger blogs, they're almost as excited, if not more excited, for Brewster Greaterall as they are for Mookie Betts. And I think the reason why is if you've watched Dodger baseball the last seven, eight years, you know that besides the trash can, the bullpen has been probably the biggest issue for the Dodgers. I mean, even last year against the Nationals, you had Kershaw in Game 5. Mm -hmm. If you had somebody like Brewster Graterall shutting down Rendon or Luis Soto, yeah. completely different series, yeah. completely different champion. I mean, the Astros would have won again. But, you know, they've been missing that bullpen guy for years. 
and they hope to have it with Joe Kelly. But the more arms that you throw at it, the better. Don't talk about not having enough bullpen, guys, when I'm an Angels guy. The Angels have <laughs> actually a decent bullpen. The problem is they have about, like, half of a pitcher. So... Yeah. <laughs> Who knows? And that's that's the frustrating thing with the Stripling trade. They had, the in place, a competent guy... You said you or because he was an all star in what year? I mean, a couple years ago, twenty eighteen. Yeah, twenty eighteen. He he tired out the second half of twenty eighteen, but I mean the Angels need they'll take they would take that in a heartbeat. They should take that in a heartbeat. 150, 150, 170 innings. innings yeah, you don't need a guy doing two twenty, but if he gives you and that's the Dodgers' philosophy, if we get eight guys to give us hundred fifty elite innings, we'll take that. And their injuries over five guys giving us 220 good innings. Hey, it's worked for them. It, it has. And I think other teams are kind of starting to adapt, adapt to that. that. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Uh, so finally the Mookie trade uh, happened. The press conference is at 1 o'clock. I'm going to have my TV <laughs> lined up at 1 o'clock. I mean, Mookie's a Dodger. That's You got, Co- you got Cody Bellinger. And uh, and uh, Mookie Betts in the same lineup. Yeah, that I mean, that lineup is ridiculous. It, it it looks like it looks like Mookie Betts, the righty, followed by Muncie, the lefty, followed by Turner, followed by Bellinger. Mm-hmm. Then you get kind of different, a healthier, hopefully, knock on wood, um, AJ Pollock. And then we'll see Co- how he has. Yeah, what kind and then of year he has. Corey Seager is your sixth best hitter. That's that that's how ridiculous the lineup. Then you have Gavin Lux, who might win Rookie of the Year, mm-hmm. and Will he's going to play second base. He'll play second base, and then you got Will Smith, and then the pitcher. So, but what I like with the Dodgers is <clears throat> two guys you didn't say because they're going to be probably bench guys or platoon in some way is um, Chris Taylor. I know he had a down; he didn't have a very good year last year, but no. I think he's a uh, still a great player. And then right. Kike Hernandez, Lo- I love Kike Hernandez. Um, <clears throat> just the utility he can play anything i look i i love the the energy he brings yeah. um and for you know times where he's come off the bench he's a he's a pretty good guy off the bench i, I mean and that which is not an easy thing i know that we talked about that last episode with brett i mean that's a tough it's a tough role to fill yeah and he he does it really well and i mean you look at um he does from the right side what jock peterson does from the left side so they actually make less a great- power well, I mean, if you watch the 2017 NLCS game three, where he hit three home runs against the Cubs, that is true. He did. He's got, he did do that. He's got power, and <laughs> he has power at the right time. Yeah, he's he he he's always calm. Did you ever play against him? Yeah, at some point, I can't remember what year it was or what level, but I did, I did cross paths with him. Yeah, he either when he was with the Marlins or the or the Astros out. Yeah, you guys are kind of built the same too. Um, I was uh, built like him. I don't. I'm not built like him anymore. I've well, I put mean, on a not few like the not though. like the six foot four. Uh, uh, yeah, super. Athlete. No, when I played, I was I profiled kind of more similar to him. Yeah, he. Um, and then his. I mean, if you watch his Instagram or his interviews, he's he's got an eighty grade on the uh, on the personality. So yeah. Yeah, I think I have seen a few of his interviews. He 
Pretty colorful well, was, character. There was one where there was I can't remember. It was the the girl that or the uh, interviewer that accused Luke Walton of sexual assault. She used to be a Dodger interviewer, and she's like six foot four, and Kike is like five ten. <laughs> so for the interview, he he's looking up at her. He took a baseball bucket, and he stood on the baseball oh my bucket. Gosh. And then they took a picture, a backwards picture, to show that he was on the baseball bucket. Dude, that but is funny. It was all in good sense, good sense of humor. Yeah. Nobody took it the wrong way, except for people who wanted to be pissed off. So you can get mad at that. That's hilarious. Yeah. So Kike's Kike's great. I want to watch Kike on the Dodgers win a World Series and be part of the team for ten years. Yeah. Might not work out that way, but. All right. Let's get into. I know we said we were gonna. Um, we we mentioned Trevor Bauer and Rob Manfred, um, <laughs> my my favorite odd couple besides us. So let's start out with why don't you explain? First of all, Manfred came out and I guess has a proposal for a new um, uh, playoff format change in whatever year, in a couple of years. Um, and why don't we explain that first, and then we can get into what Trevor Bauer, his thoughts and opinions on that. So playoff schedule, which I hope will never happen, is basically they're going to go from five teams to seven. Kind of like football, one team will get a bye. Top team in each league. So this year, okay. let's say Dodgers and Yankees. Okay. They'll keep three divisions. So that's one of the three divisions within the NL and AL. The other two, so there are six other teams. Those will be the home teams, and then you'll have three wild card teams. Uh, the other two division winners, in order of their record, get to pick from the lower pool of three. And they'll have a big TV show, and there will be a whole bunch of strategy. In who they select, yeah. In who they select. And then will somebody get fired if they select? I can see kind of like, but it looks too gimmicky to me. From you know, from what it is, I guess it's no more gimmicky than interleague play was thought of twenty five years ago. But so then, what happens is they'll play a three game series with the team that they select, and then so what happens is the second best record picks one of the three, third best picks one of the three, and then the remaining team gets whatever. So there's there's three wild cards in each division or in each league in, in each league. And American then, and, and National League. Yeah. Okay. And then they'll play a three-game series. Okay. To determine a five-game series. Okay. The division series mm-hmm. to then determine the CS to determine the World Series. Okay. So, so it's gotten a lot of opinions both ways. One of the strongest has been Bauer, and I and I think he's right. One of the other ones before we get to Bauer on this is the World Series, I think, gets cheapened when you do that because it used to be the best team in the NL would face the best team in the AL. Go straight to the World Series until the Championship Series. Right. By the time we got to Division Series, you don't have the best team. It's kind of the team with the hot hand that goes on a roll. Mm-hmm. So whereas clearly the Yankees in the 50s and 60s were the best team, you can have the Giants be an 83-win wildcard team roll through the World Series. Okay. So the Nationals this year 
they uh, were seven outs away in a wild card game. It was the Josh Hader blown the, the save. Brewers. That's right. Yeah, and then they got hot. It wasn't the be- It wasn't the one hundred six win Dodgers that that won. So you the thing have- is, is like I don't that to me. I I, I kind of like that it can be the team that can can be hot. It's not just the team who I know you want to reward. I mean, the team that's played the best throughout the whole season, and it pretty much is the best team in baseball. But you know. I, I kind of like having that. Well, I think if you get to this, it gets even worse. I think if you're going to do anything, expand the division series to seven games. Or expand the wild card game to a three-game series. Yeah. I think that fixes yeah. it more than what they're proposing. To because, do. You, you, yeah. I don't know. It's kind of exciting to see the one game... The I, I I don't know the elimination in in one game, but it doesn't sh- really showcase what that teams are like. Uh, the the A's last year. Anything can happen in one baseball game. Yeah, uh, you know ba- that's the thing is that baseball is such. But a isn't gr- that kind of what's interesting and makes it kind of fun to watch? This is why this opinion has gone back and forth. I'll tell you that what um, Trevor Bauer said to this exact point, and Trevor's a pitcher, so think from his. Uh, vantage point you're talking about uh, a three-game series with some off days in between when you're picking and when you're doing that and so you could be the best team in in the al if he was with the indians still and let's say god forbid he was he said god forbid i was the you know uh my last time pitching was four days before mm-hmm. and you then could have had a, the gap and you could have a 10-day mm-hmm. gap as a pitcher uh, that's not, and we talk about repetition yeah. in baseball. I I I hear I hear what he says. I I, I get I, I totally get it, and I agree that yeah, baseball is all about repetition and and having your routine and staying like you know as true to that as you can, and that helps you with your process. You know, I don't think that's a. I mean, at the end of the season, you're kind of. I I'm I'm I'm, I'm literally on both sides of it because. I'm sure some rest would probably help. He's saying from the pitcher's perspective, which I get, you probably don't want to go that long without getting on, you know, on your throwing routine and your program. But position players, you're playing every day. You're pretty dead. Right. Um, not that, and I know that you, you know, when the postseason rolls around, you have adrenaline rushes, and and that's usually not. You don't have to get lifted up for those games. But you know, right. a few extra days wouldn't kill a position player. Yeah. So it's just, but I think he's got a point from from a pitcher's perspective. A pitcher's I, perspective. I get it. And I mean, maybe if you have a pitcher that you know has a nagging elbow injury, well, yeah, nothing's going to get solved. Like you're not going to a pitcher's not going to totally heal up, like he said in football or basketball. Like it's like that's not going to help somebody if there's any something kind of plaguing. Yeah nothing's perfect. I guess there's no system that's going to be perfect. Everybody's going to complain about something. I just think that, that I want to take out some of the randomness that happens. The five game division series is random enough for me that I just, I hate the division. I was dreading the Dodgers facing the nationals because I knew in a five game series, Strasburg and Scherzer, if they start going, he, but well, I guess this could play at both sides of that point, though, with the rest, too, because the Nationals, weren't they the first ones that 
that clinched going into the World Series, and they had to wait like a while for yeah. for the Astros and Yankees yeah, to figure just, out the championship they series. They just steamrolled the Cardinals in four games. Right, and then they had like probably like a week or something. Yeah. And they did fine. They ended up rolling into the World Series. But it's ten, it, it, I think know, once you get to 10 days, it kind of... You know, it's the playoffs. You should mentally be able to figure, I mean, play regardless of how long you have to wait. I, I kind of, I don't know. So you're saying Trevor doesn't have the mental capacity? He does, but I don't know. I, I I hear, I mean, they're valid points that Trevor's bringing up, and he's obviously extremely frustrated from how you can see. But I don't, what I don't understand is he can, he, he obviously has a, a voice, a very loud voice. Um, and, you know, he's, a, he's an ex teammate of mine, and I kind of knew that he's always been very opinionated. But, you know, I think there's a better way to go out than just personally attacking Rob Man- Manfred about it. I mean, he's in a tough spot. They're trying to figure out ideas and, and ways to to reach, you know, to to help baseball, you know, become pop- more popular again and, and reach a younger demographic. And, yeah, there's not, like, perfect answers, but, you know, I mean, I don't agree with a lot of the things that he's doing either, but dude, he is personally just going at him right now. So I think that there's something else in play between Bauer and Manfred. Bauer has been probably the lead vocal guy since the Astros cheating scandal. But he brought something else interesting up, which um, which uh, Bauer grew up in Valencia, I think. Yeah. Somewhere around there. Yep. And he, in an interview, he did an interview yesterday and he said, you know, they went to one game a year with his family. But like yeah. you and me and everybody else around SoCal, if you were watching the, you could watch the Dodgers every game. Yeah. And MLB came up with a system called uh, BAM, Baseball Advanced Media, about 15, 18 years ago to consolidate in one clearinghouse all content yeah. for baseball. Yeah. And that is, Trevor had awesome points from yeah. the business side of baseball, which was you watch Steph Curry do a slam dunk. He's got a million and a half retweets within a few minutes. Mm-hmm. Mike Trout destroys a baseball and he gets no attention. Yeah. I completely agreed with what he said there about the content for sure. And I think he's setting up a media company or has set it up. And I think it's brilliant that there is a gap in the market between the attention that let's say, and the way that Steph Curry can market his product versus the way Trevor can. Yeah. And so there's an opportunity there, and I think Trevor's smart enough to to notice it. And so he's taking, he's not just taking Manfred on, but in a way he's kind of taking Bam on. Yeah. And it's not different than I heard Gary Vaynerchuk interview A-Rod, and Gary Vaynerchuk basically said the same thing. Um, when you create the clearinghouse, nobody can grab access to the information unless they go th- through the clearinghouse. Right. And the Bam, the team owners got a great short-term paycheck. Mm-hmm. But in the long term... You're losing out on... A whole generation exactly. of, of of content uh, to get out there. So I think Trevor's, not in a bad way, got an ulterior motive the, to really... Anybody who wants to change a the system, they have to be the vocal ones, and he's being the vocal one. I love how at the end of that he's like... 
you're probably going to find me, which, you know, you can find me a million other ways. And <laughs> But he had a point, too. I like, just want to see how he rea- how Manfred reacts to this. Manfred, well, Manfred's going to hope it goes away because that's what Manfred does. Mm-hmm. As long as Trevor keeps pushing, yeah. uh, this is just going to get worse. I mean, I, how, how does Clevenger not get to have his own Cleats, personal style? Yeah, that, I, I, I don't agree with that at all. I mean, let the guys freaking wear what they want to wear. I mean, yeah, you, you Who have, cares? You have guys, you have LeBron and you have Kobe and you have all those guys. They have, you know, $100 million shoe deals. But even the guys in the NBA that are, you know, $5, $10 million players, they have smaller shoe deals and smaller stuff. Unless you're Mike Trout in baseball with your Nike shoes, pretty much nobody has a shoe deal. Yeah. And it's like they give them the that with the players weekend, like as like a weekend to give them like freedom to go do what they want to do. Like, right. So there's too much control in baseball and the playoff thing, what Trevor's doing with Bam, this is all going to come to a head in the next player union strike. And there will be a strike because there's just too much money and freedom at stake. Mm. I mean, look at what look at this trade, too. With this trade. You had a kid's medical records. Teams are Jock Peterson didn't know whether he was going to the Angels or Dodgers now. Same city, same spring training, basically. But, you know... Well, I mean, they're live, you know? And they're being hung up for five days, six days, because a team is facing backlash. I mean, so the players and the players' union are being held up because the Boston Globe was giving Jim Henry, the owner of the Red Sox, too much flack. Yeah. So there's going to be a big fight in a couple of years. This is just one of the skirmishes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, that's it. Pretty interesting. Um, we'll see what happens. I, I just, I don't know. I feel like baseball is in just such a really weird state right now. I mean, first of all, this off season, there's been stuff to talk about constantly. I mean, it's, I mean, it means, it's fun. It, it is there, but it's all just weird stuff. I mean, it's all, some of it's not good. I mean, you know, obviously the Astros thing has put, has put this whole off season in, in, in baseball in just a, in a bad position. They're kind of in the in the media for the wrong reason. Um, Bauer's calling out, you know, the commissioner, and um, I don't know. It just it's it's in a it's in a really weird state right now. And everybody knows it's weird. Everybody knows that something's just not right. So there's ethical problems with the Astros. There's contractual problems. This stuff's going to get addressed, but it's just gotten to a point. A decent chunk of that's on Manfred at this point. I I don't know if Manfred survives to the end of his term because there's just how how long does a commissioner's term run? I don't know. I think they sign a new contract. I think he's making like, and here's the thing: he's making eleven million bucks a year, twelve million bucks a year. Um. You should be able to fix and handle problems like this for 11 or 12 million bucks a year. You know, you're doing a good job when your biggest thing is some controversy on a call. And you go, well, oh, well. But now, you know, there's just too much. Yeah. So on a lighter note, getting back to what we mentioned earlier, is that pitchers and catchers are reporting yesterday and today. Yeah. So... I'm super excited for baseball to be back and there's going to be for us, there's going to be a lot to cover with, you know, 
as soon as action gets going with 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 uh, guys and how they played, how they performed, who we think is going to, you know, who's going to make a team, who's not. Um, so there's going to be a lot of that fun stuff. And as we speak, I got a notification saying that um, Garrett has thrown, Garrett Cole has thrown his first 25 pitch bullpen in Yankee pinstripes. So I, I checked out the video real quick. It, it's good. It's really good to see him in, in Yankee pinstripes. And also we are the Yankees this year with yeah. our team. So I'm, you know, uh, I'm managing a, a really a, not really happy equally, about that. Equally um, as talented, um, seven, eight-year-old Yankee team. So we should be pretty good as well. Yeah, I think honestly, in uh, I'm not going to hype it, uh, but well, any team that has your son on there is probably going to be, you know, one of the best. But they, uh, we got a talented group of kids probably a great group of parents too, which is, I think just as important as anything else. But, um, you know, how did Garrett's, uh, did you watch the video? Yeah. I watched just the, just a few pitches. He looked pretty good. Probably gained a couple just, miles an hour with less air drag on the beard. Yeah. So when you say, look, yeah, his, uh, this was, it was very strange other than the press conference to see him clean shaven, right. which I hadn't seen him like that or, um, uh, since, I lived with him during one of the off seasons in like 2013 when he was still with the Pirates, 2013 or 2014, and uh, yeah, it's just funny to see him in a baseball uniform without a without a beard. Yeah. He, so yeah, he's probably going to have less drag, so he's going to gain. You know, he might be throwing 101, 102 because <laughs> sitting there this year. That was the right move for the Yankees. There, besides Dodge, I think I'm hopeful for baseball. I'm hopeful for the Dodgers that it's Dodgers Yankees this year. Yeah. That, um, I mean, that's, to, it, those are the two best teams by far. I think the twins are up there too, but twins are up there. Um, I mean, Astros are not going to be as good as they've been, but uh, no. And they have all the, I mean, just the weird controversy of everything. So I think it's, that's going to, yeah. What happens if Bregman and Altuve are hitting 265 in God. July? God, Baseball is tough enough to deal uh, when you just normally when you're failing, when you're failing, and then you have all this other stuff looming over your head. Right. I mean, well, I, I wasn't strong enough to mentally handle it. Just the normal failure <laughs> in the minor leagues. So I don't even want to know what those guys are going to have to do. But you know, who, who knows? We'll see. We'll see. I, the, the sad thing is, is those guys like Bregman and Altuve and you know Correa, Springer. They're all unreal guys that honestly didn't need any they didn't need any of that just you know i think that they were all they're all great athletes and hitters already you know so it's gonna kind of obviously um just just dumb down their their overall hype and everything but you know i think there's you know they're still obviously talented players yeah um baseball prospectus came out with their um projections yesterday they came out with uh player projections which i thought was great uh so they have they had bregman at, for third base bregman was number one wasn't he i think so um and they have uh they they run analysis like a thousand runs at what somebody's projected thing is and they do a bell curve i thought it was hilarious that that um you know if, if uh say so ran like a thousand projections and mike trout's one percentile projection if he Play, there was a one percent chance of him only hitting like two eighty with a three seventy five on base percentage. Ninety nine percent of the expectations are above that. 
Wow, that's good if your one percent is like still better than most people's yeah, careers. Yeah. Um, but it had the Dodgers at um, had the Dodgers way had like eighteen games ahead of second place team. Nobody in the NL West was above um, was above uh, five hundred, and then I think the Angels were either I think they were third behind the A's um, at like eighty two, eighty three wins. Not good enough to get it done. Might have been had they had Stripling. Maybe if they had Stripling and Peterson. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to watch. It's super fun. I I know I love spring training. Um, I kind of don't like the games early on because it's four innings of the starters and then, uh, you know, and then everybody else comes in. And then guys like me come in and fill in. (laughs) Yeah, you're the filler. For everybody Um, else to leave and just not watch us. What did they do? What did the players do? Do they just go to the showers and not hang out with? Yeah, no, they shower and got it. Got the hell out of there. Their day was done. What do you do when you're prepping, too? Like, um, do you know that you're going to play, um, that you're going to be a filler on a game? And I didn't know. I mean, I think maybe some guys have a better idea, but, like, my first two years, it was, like, you're, you go in, you, you get all of your um, your early work. You show up at 5 a.m., and basically you have early work. You do whatever the the practice they have, and then you come in for lunch, and then you head back out for your scrimmages. And usually it's like 14 innings or something crazy. It's it's a long freaking day. It's like you're out there for 12 hours almost. And so um, when when you head back out for those scrimmages, sometimes they'll come and just grab you off the. You'll see that you'll see a golf cart that drives around, and it's basically because the big leagues are they're getting ready for their game also. And they'll, the golf cart will go around from field to field and they'll just pick players up and they'll yell you off the field. Would, so you kind of don't have that much preparation. You're just, I was literally going to ask, like they come around and go, you, get. <laughs> I don't know who determines it or, or I, I really don't. I think pitchers, it's different. It's like, who's available to throw, who can they, who can clean up some innings or who do we want to see position players too. I have, I have no idea who, if, who it comes from. Okay. I can't imagine that the manager is going to be selecting who's coming in off the minor league. So maybe it's the, the minor league coordinator. Yeah. Um, is probably who I would think. Did you like, um, did you like, you had three spring trainings, I think. Uh, two. Two. Did you, uh, were you really excited going into each one? No. My first one. Yeah. Second one. I was like, okay, well I know that cause it, it there it's long. It's, it's you're waking up at you know at you know four or something you're getting in super early you're out we were out on the field doing early work and for me i was a i I played third and middle so i had to go to usually if you were a one position guy like they they do it in like early work is you know one day a week for corner infielders and then there's one day a week for middle infielders and there's one day a week for outfielders and then you have one other day where you hit or like outfielders were hit or so like that will be your early work and for me it was like i had every single day with early work because i had to go to a corner outfield i had to i mean corner infield a middle infield day uh, and then two other hitting days so it was like every single day i had to go for early work and then yeah and then you're you're out there i mean i enjoyed playing baseball and like working at it and and playing but they're long days. I wouldn't say that I looked forward to it. I looked forward to getting back in the swing of things for baseball. I just I looked more forward to the season, not for spring training. Got it. Yeah, that was uh, 
it's worth mentioning there was a video or not a photo some guy that was a minor leaguer you know said that he this was in relation to the um Mets new clubhouse and the money that the major leagues was putting into the major league stuff he um he was saying he was relaying a story where he wanted to have a salad and take oh, it for lunch oh yeah yeah and the team said no we already have lunch for you and he ends up taking a picture of the lunch and it's two pieces of white bread with one piece of salami and one piece of cheese well, uh, that that seems I, I don't i've never heard that where it was uh they wouldn't let you make your own food or whatever i i'd, I'd never think they would do that well at least that's the way he was framing it but you look at that and you think that this is what they're these are the athletes that they want yeah. to to uh perform at a high stage to make millions of dollars and that's what they're feeding them. You know, it really wouldn't cost that much for the teams to kind of just no give some better food. No. And, and, and it, again. Yeah. And that's the thing, spring training lunches too. Oh, my God. It was the same thing every day. And it was, <laughs> yeah, it was like two pieces of, of white bread with like a slice or two of meat, cheese. And then you get um, a bag of chips, usually like Doritos. And then you get... Ketchup, mustard, and mayo. So then everybody mixes it together, and that's what you do to take your bland sandwich and make it a little bit. <laughs> it sounds like prison, honestly. You know? Um, yeah, I was a camp counselor uh, when I was 17, 18 for a sleepover camp. And, you know, we'd have the same songs every every third day. And kids go into camp for like two weeks, but here the counselors are here for eight, ten weeks. My God. Drive by you the, crazy. By, you know, and the same food on the same schedule. And mentally, you just check out of certain parts of it um, after four weeks, and you've got another six weeks. Yeah. Um, so no, I, I think I think if you're in the big leagues, spring training would be a lot more enjoyable. Not, and it's not to say you don't want to work hard because everybody there can work hard. It's just more like you know, you, you're there, you know your routine, you can get your work done. You you, you know you. You don't have they're, – they're done by, you know, a lot of the times noon or something like that, you know? Like, right. yeah, you get in, do your, start your day at 5 a.m., but you're done by noon, and you kind of go home. You can rest, have a little downtime. For the minor league guys, it's like get there at 5, and then you're there till you're off the field, you know, around 5 or right. 4 or 5. And then even then, there's like a few days where you have to lift um, based on your position. So it's like you're putting in 12-hour days coming home and then doing it all over again, eating the same food. So it's a, it's pretty monotonous. Thank God it's only, you know, for minor leaguers, it's only about a month because they report a few weeks later than the big league guys. And you just kind of have the month of March that you, you go through and you know, it's, it's not that bad. You, you can complain and say, Oh, this is tough, but you know, you're, we're playing baseball and, and, and it's all still fun. It's just, it wasn't, I looked of, forward to the season. It's a lot of actual work. Yeah. And, and, you know, the season's all hope, but there is something really exciting about spring training. Yeah. So hopefully we have a year full of podcasts, and then next year we're hitting up every major league hey, year. I'm not throwing it out. You know, we could maybe make a weekend trip out for out to Arizona, just do a little drive, and we can go see some of my buddies, and maybe we can have them join on. Now you're... Just a thought. I, I'm down with that. Okay. That's fine. Um, but... Um, Let's talk to my wife about that one. <laughs> should be fine with it mm -hmm. so um why don't we you know i'm surprised we're at podcast number five 
and then I, we've been chugging away kind of at the social media aspect and it's kind of funny to watch I think we'll, we'll wrap up with this kind of funny to watch how people have kind of interacted with us um, there's one guy that wanted to send us a sample of his uh, uh, his invention that kind of helps pitchers so we're kind of interested to get that and try that out yeah I'll definitely uh, take it out and think we can use it at our you know since we dave and i both coach our our uh, our son's team we can kind of see how they adapt to that so yeah we're and looking then, out for that and then there's uh there's also users that have reached out to us too i know i want to shout out to uh uh instagram user uh, this pinstripe pride 25 and there's a couple others that you know um just reach out for different things and give words of encouragement so i mean i know i am i know you are hugely grateful to those people that and I want to encourage people to interact. Ask us your question. And that uh, Ethan kid from uh, Montana, yeah. um, interact with us. Tell us what you want to hear. If there's baseball stuff that Tyler knows about more or any front office stuff, I don't know how that's interesting. But we yeah, want to hear absolutely. It. We welcome any suggestions, any questions that you guys have or want to see in future episodes. Um, you know, we're obviously learning with this too and kind of seeing how this is organically growing, but you know, um, yeah, it's really fun to watch. I mean, we, we can see you know, on the map where different people are listening in from. So we did want to give a shout out to some of the new ones that popped up. I know David had an Instagram post, uh, where we showed, you know, we had somebody listening from the UK, we have Texas, Connecticut, Illinois. So it's really cool to see kind of all over the map where everybody's listening in from. We had somebody new from Rockland, California. So it's yeah, kind of, yeah. Um, so we appreciate everybody listening. Um, just wanted to at least, you know, ask, you know, I, we're putting up the YouTube channel just to be able to put a face with some of our voices. So, um, and, and, and it's nice when we have guests on that you guys can see them too as well. Um, so if you guys could, if you're listening in on, on another platform, please check us out on YouTube as well. Um, give us a like and a subscribe and it'll help us at least reach out some of our, some of this content to, to as many people that, you know, or, you know, like I said, we have a lot of high school guys listening or college guys and, and helping, um, some of the, some of the, the information that might be useful to them. So, um, yeah, please, um, just reach out give us a question or whatever or whatnot, but, uh, we appreciate everybody listening. Appreciate it. Thank you guys. So yeah, thank you guys. Uh, we'll talk to you guys next week. See ya.